the Thursday, June 8th, 2023, Blue Ash City Council meeting to order. Can we all rise and say the Pledge of Allegiance together? I mean it. I mean it. Please call the roll. Councilman Jeff Capel here. Councilwoman Jill Cole here. Councilman Lee Zerwanka here. Councilman Brian Gath here. Vice Mayor Pramod Javeri here. Councilwoman Katie Schneider here. Mayor Mark Serkin here. Seven present. I have a motion to accept tonight's agenda. So move. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 I have a motion to approve the minutes of the regular meeting of May 11th, 2023. So move. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Do we have any communications from Council? There are none tonight, Your Honor. Reports from outside agencies? None. We're going to move to having a motion to accept the financial report for May of 2023. So move. Second. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay, we're going to move to hearings from citizens. If you wish to speak, please approach the microphone and state your name and address. If you have any materials to pass out, please give them directly to the Clerk of Council. Please keep your comments as brief as possible to allow others a chance to be heard. If your comments are similar to a previous speaker, it is much more effective to simply verbalize that you agree without repetition. Hearings from citizens is for us to listen to you and your neighbors. It is very unlikely we will make any remarks immediately after you speak. We need to have a chance to reflect on your comments and possibly research the matter further. Sometimes during miscellaneous business, later in the meeting, we do revisit an issue brought forward. The Clerk of Council will notify you when three minutes is up with the timer. And at that point, please end your presentation. Most importantly, let's treat each other with calmness, kindness, and respect. Please give us your name and address. Good evening, Denise Scratchin, 4911, Cooper Road, Blue Ash Branch Library. Um, I'm here to let uh, council and members of the Blue Ash community know that our Discover Summer program is in full of that effect. We've had lots of sign-ups. This is our summer reading program. Um, when you sign up, you get your own free book, an activity booklet. Um, if you're a teenager, you get a journal, and you get, um, once you complete your goals, He's had three goals. You get three entry prizes for a grand prize. So it's pretty cool. Our first day in the first couple of hours, we had over 60 signups. So I want to invite people to that and to let you know that we will be partnering with the city. We'll be at Nanny Bells at Summit Park on June the 15th doing story time. So I look forward to seeing everybody at the Blue Ash Branch Library. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. My name's Steve Tolbert. I live at 106 Bentwood Court, and I'm here this evening just to address briefly some concerns I have about the construction of the new uh, golf course maintenance facility. Um, and if if I'm if there's something I've missed or where I'm, if I'm wrong, I'll be gladly accept that. I'm not an expert in these areas, but with the public records request that, that I made going through the Blue Ash Charter and the Blue Ash Zoning Code, I, I do not see 
where the city would be allowed to build this 14,000 square foot structure in the middle of a medium density residential zone. I was referred by um, someone here to look at the permitted use sections, so I did, and uh, public places and public facilities are permitted in a medium density residential zone. Um, but it goes on to say in the next line right after that, that even if the use is permitted, that it in all other ways must conform with the zoning requirement of that area. And this 14,000 square foot facility would not meet the zoning requirements for a medium density residential zone. Um, what in my reading of this you have is perhaps a non-conforming structure and a non-conforming use. And the Blue Ash Code goes on very specifically to say that should a structure like that be taken down or destroyed for any reason, it shall not be replaced by any other structure that's not within code. And this 14,000 square foot facility would not be. Another problem that I see is that the three terms that Blue Ash uses, somebody wrote back to me and said, city facility, and then in your permitted uses, it's public facility or public place. None of those are defined in the Blue Ash zoning code. You define about 250 things, but those three things are, are not defined. And there's an Ohio Supreme Court case that I've come across, Sanders versus Zoning Department from 1981, but it was cited just last year in 2022 for another reason. It, it says that when there is a zoning code, it must be followed very specifically, and you're not allowed to just make, basically make things up as you go. So the two things that Blue Ash says are allowed to go in that facility, you don't define. And in my reading of the Ohio Supreme Court, it would say that you're not allowed to just build some structure and call it a, um, a permitted use. Again, I don't expect anybody to have an answer for this this evening. I bring this up maybe for the first time, but I would like the opportunity to meet or hear from someone what the city's position on this will be so I can decide what, you know, what I may do. Thank you, Mr. Tolbert. All right. Anybody else? My name's Peter Nord, and I live at Kenridge Lake, and I don't want anything from you guys. I'm just happy to be able to walk up here and talk at 84, and I've been coming to Blue Ash ever since I was a little kid, before Blue Ash became a city and the Greenbrier was over the top of the car. And I keep track of my cherry trees when they bloom and when they have fruit. My cherry trees bloomed a couple of weeks earlier than the earliest, and they were blooming the early part of uh, April. And the cherries came a couple of weeks earlier as well. So it seems to me that we're having floral evidence of global warming. And then I noticed that I'm out watering my 
tomato plants and my pumpkin vines and whatnot. And the next day I had been attacked by hordes of chiggers. And it turns out that I'm very sensitive to chiggers. And I have welts all up and down my legs about this big around. And it occurs to me that on 4th of July, you're going to invite a lot of people to come and walk around the grass in Blueish. And I bet there are chiggers in that park. And if 10% of the people are as sensitive to chiggers as I am, and you have 100,000 people walking around, you're going to have 10,000 people who are really going to be mad at Blue Ash for allowing those chiggers. So my suggestion is that you spray the Great Lawn. There must be an anti-chigger spray. And it um, would seem to me to be good public relations rather than have 10,000 people be mad at Blue Ash. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. North. Thank you. Anybody else? Hello, uh, I'm Brady Duncan, one of the co-founders of Madtree. Um, I want to thank you all for the opportunity um, uh, to be considered um, to expand into Blue Ash. Um, honestly, we are uh, humbled um, to have this opportunity and the excitement behind this has been uh, really incredible. So I want to thank you in advance um, uh, for considering this. You know, we started this company with a vision to build a sustainable purpose-driven company our kids will be proud of. Um, and I will tell you for me personally with my three kids, um, I'm gonna be very, very proud to take them to this place, um, which I think is the, uh, exactly what we're trying to do um, uh, as Madtree. Um, we're really excited to go into a building um, that we can restore um, and reuse. All of our previous locations have been reuse buildings, um, which is super exciting for us. Um, and also integrate into the business community. Um, we really believe, and we've always operated this way, that with more density, we can continue to bring more people in. Um, and I've anecdotally heard that the business owners are very excited about us uh, potentially coming up uh, into Summit Park. Um, we know a lot of those business owners. So I just want to thank you all for the opportunity uh, to hear us out. And I um, uh, would love to see this thing move forward. And it is uh, super exciting. So thank you. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. My name is Joe Holker. Uh, last time I spoke with uh, that quality development will draw people to the city instead of always relying on apartments. And I did want to congratulate, uh, congratulations to the city on the announcement of, of Mantree to Summit Park. I hope that goes through. Uh, that would be a, a, a nice, a great accomplishment. I would like to discuss uh, what I call corridors and potential opportunities. Uh, specifically in, in my area and Peppermill, um, the Reed Hartman, Plainfield, uh, Cooper Road corridor. Uh, STCA, Sycamore Trace, and Peppermill are not strong associations. And, uh, and, and I think I would, I would love to see the BZA and BSA a little, a little stronger. Uh, Reed Hartman, Sycamore Trace side, currently had a new split rail fence installed, 
but multiple privacy fences are being now installed uh, you know, behind it. So we got you know fences, privacy fences behind fences now. And, and on the right side, Reed Hartman Pepper Mill, the split rail fence was removed. And now we've got different privacy fences being are, are going up there also. So the look, the you know, the look and consistency of that corridor is is in in you know, this has probably all happened in the last five years. If we continue down this road, I, I just think that corridor is not gonna look as nice as it's been since I moved here. I think when I moved here, you know, people were pretty respectful of Sycamore Trace, the association and the bylaws. And those seem like they're, you know, being just, they're, 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 not, they're not strong. So people are just coming to BZA, BSA to, to, get, uh, um, to get an exemption. And, and those are, you know, I voted no, and I've actually went over to my neighbor and apologized why I voted no against their fence. But, but now there's, there's one right across from Timbers, which is a privacy fence. He knew, you know, he knew he shouldn't have, you know, he knew what, his, what the rules were, but he just came to, a, came to uh, Blue Ash, the BZA, BSA, to, to ask for exemption, which, is, which was granted to him. So I just think in time, these, these areas with different privacy fences are just not gonna look that good. Um, Cooper Road Corridor has three backyards, you know, south, east of Brown. We've got a backyard that's a, a house that got remodeled. That's probably the price has been reduced. It's just a bad decision. And I believe, uh, I believe when, if, if and when that house gets purchased, they'll be in here to be a GA or BSA looking for uh, a fence to be put very close to Cooper Road. So I'd, I'd love to hear from, from somebody at the city as to what, what might be done to stop some of those things from happening. Thank you, Mr. Thank you. Holker. Anybody else? Seeing none, we're going to move to committee reports, finance and administration. Councilman Zerwanka. Thank you. Um, I'd like to make a motion authorize, um, uh, or a motion setting a public hearing for 7.05 p.m. on Thursday, July 13th, 2023, for consideration of the proposed 2024 tax budget. Second. Discussion? <laughs> Seeing none. All in favor, please say aye. 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 Any in against? Motion passes. Thank you. Uh, next, Jamie, please read resolution number 2023-38 by title only. Providing for amendments within the 2023 annual appropriation resolution number 2022-64. Move to adopt resolution number 2023-38. Second. Seeing none, Jamie, please call the roll. Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Councilman Capel? Yes. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Councilman Gath? Yes. Mayor Serkin? Yes. Seven yeses. Uh, 
Jamie, please read resolution number 2023-39 by title only. Providing for the reappointment of Christine C. Weber to the Civil Service Commission, the reappointment of Mark R. Hall to the Charter Revision Committee, and the reappointment of Andrew Wessendorf to the Board of Tax Review. Move to adopt resolution number 2023-39. Second. Discussion? I think they're all very good volunteers for our boards. And hey, we just appreciate that they're willing to serve. Uh, uh, I think, and I can add, Mr. Holker, thank you for serving. I look forward to all of them serving, continuing to serve us. Uh, any other comments? Uh, are you going to swear anybody? No, no. Jamie, please call the roll. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Councilman Capel? Yes. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Councilman Gath? Yes. Mayor Sirkin? Yes. Seven yeses. Well, I am, no, thank you, Mr. Orm. Oh, yeah. Okay, we're going to move to Parks and Recreation Committee. Uh, Councilperson Schneider. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Jamie, could you please read resolution number 2023-40 by title only? Providing for the reappointment of Elaine Kerr to the Recreation Board of the City of Blue Ash, Ohio. Move to adopt resolution number 2023-40. Second. Any discussion? This is also reappointing one of our uh, board members on the rec board. Elaine served for, um, I'm not sure how long she a served long for a long, long time. Long time, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're very appreciative. Uh, Jamie, could you please call the roll? Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Councilman Gath? Yes. Councilman Capel? Yes. Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Mayor Sirkin? Yes. Seven yeses. Jamie, could you please read resolution number 2023-41 by title only? Authorizing the city manager to negotiate and thereafter enter into a multi-year lease agreement for city-owned real property located at 4335 Glendale Milford Road within Summit Park. Move to adopt resolution number 2023-41. Second. So this, as the title says, uh, is authorizing the city manager to, to enter into the lease agreement uh, with the Summit Park hangar that we've um, heard a, a little bit about um, with Madtree. Is there any discussion? Yeah, I'll have some discussion and a question or two as well. So if I start from the broad perspective and then work down to the, the legislation that's in front of us, uh, I'm a big fan of the project. I know for years what, we've, what had been talked about happening at that space was something people call a beer garden. And after all these years, the, the best definition of a beer garden I can even come up with is something that people talk about but never happens. Uh, so this is obviously a big, it's a great project and, and a, quite a big upgrade from the, the usual beer garden that gets talked about but never built. And Madtree is also a fantastic partner in this. Uh, if you've been down, to, I mean, I don't drink a whole lot of beer, so I, I'm going to have to confess I'm not at their establishment that often. But it's, when I did go, it was, it was a really nice experience. And one thing I liked about them, too, is when when they talk about sustainability and doing good for your environment, they do it through practice, not through preaching. A lot of people like to tweet about how 
their views on the environment from their private jet while they're attending their eighth international vacation of the year. But these guys practice what, what they're doing, and it's very similar to how Blue Ash is as well. We're not, we're not these big over-hyper preachers on the topic ourselves, but then when you look at all the communities and what percent of recyclable goods that we recycle, we're number one, and I don't think number two is even that close to us. So Madtree and Blue Ash alike practice the art of, of sustaining our environment and not just being overly preachy about it. So on the broad strokes, I'm very excited, very happy about it. So then now we get to the resolution that's in front of us. Um, that's where I have a question for our attorneys that have been working on this. I know we've kind of had different players. How long have our attorneys been working on this lease? I'm not real sure. I'd say several weeks to a month. Okay. Um, so our attorneys have been working on the lease for, let's say, then a month. I received my copy of this multi-million dollar, multi-decade, 46-page lease agreement just four hours ago. The lease has already been changed at least once since then and is still being negotiated as we speak. Even if there was a complete lease fully agreed to by both sides' attorneys, that's not nearly enough time for council members to read this at a full level of comprehension, much less have the ability to incorporate any changes that, may, that we might want, which is our prerogative to, to push for. It's not how we should be conducting our business. Now, if I was a rubber stamp council member who thought that my job was to automatically vote for anything that the administration puts in front of us with no changes, then I might be a doormat and cast an auto yes vote, but that's not our job and we have to make sure we're taking our council duty seriously enough to make sure that our residents are getting the proper returns on their $7.75 million investment. Another issue I wanted to mention is Let's hypothetically suppose that there is a section in the lease that prohibits us from disclosing the terms of the lease. That would mean we can't ask basic questions in an open setting about the key financial elements of this agreement as we are publicly debating the legislation that incorporates the lease agreement. If that hypothetical was true, then let's look at what we are being asked to do tonight. It means that after the attorney spent a month or more on this, we had no more than four hours to review a 46-page document with lots of moving parts. The agreement is still not complete and would continue being renegotiated after we approve it. This is our slice of the apple here. And in spite of having such little time to review everything, we can't ask or discuss anything about the financial terms in this setting of the nearly $8 million project. So, if I had my preference, I'm very much for the project, uh, don't, don't want to cause any obstacle to it, but just given how much has been thrown in front of us within the past four hours, my preference would be that we table it to the next meeting, whether that's the July meeting or even a special meeting we call a week or two from now. I'm not going to make the motion right now because every council member should be able to speak before we're asked to vote on everything. That would be my preference. And my last thought on this is let's make sure that uh, we learn the mistakes of people before us about rushing into a lease, even when you think the project is great. 
And if people aren't quite aware of what I'm talking about, then the hint I'll drop is head on down to Bengal Stadium. That's why you get your leases right. So those are my thoughts for now. Thank you. I'm Chairman. Um, your, your points don't line up with my understanding, Jeff. So I, I uh, question to the, to the Chairwoman, um, we're not approving a lease. Is that, we're, the, the legislation seems to be asking us to uh, authorize the city manager to negotiate and enforce a lease. The city manager's given us both uh, memos with very broad strokes, you know, kind of the big chunks policy kind of things that I think I'm interested in as a, as a city council member. And then, uh, as Jeff pointed out, we also got a copy of the working, a working draft of, of the lease, which is 46 pages long. And, and um, you know, there are things in there I don't want to worry my pretty little head about. How many copies of keys do we need to have um, so that we can get in in an emergency and, and whatnot? And, I mean, are, are, we're not, we're not passing a lease. We're just directing the the uh, city manager to do that, or am I am I mistaken? That's that's my understanding, but I'll let David confirm that the word this well, is allowing you to negotiate that yeah, final I think lease terms, right? I recognize the difficulty. Maybe um, Jeff is conveying. Just to be clear, this is not a Bengals agreement. This is the exact process we've had to use on all of our past lease agreements, and. So it is different than awarding a bid to pave a road. You, you have the sensitivity about not giving away our competitive advantages and discussing it all and how much we're negotiating because we may be negotiating with someone else tomorrow on another deal. And so we have to keep things close to the vest. That doesn't mean you're not entitled to it, to the uh, information. It's very clear what you're doing here though. You're authorizing me to enter into an agreement so that both parties can pursue moving forward with this. And there is a cap on that. I've given you that cap. If it exceeds that cap, I have to come back to you. If it's less than that cap, then um, there's the, the, the agreement would be commensurate reduced. So from a policy standpoint, which council you know, needs to be comfortable with, you're agreeing a scope of a project. You're absolutely right. You know, if, if, if you're worried about the 30-day notice on the third day of the fourth month that we will inspect the premises. Those are things you can worry about if you want. But generally speaking, from a policy standpoint, you understand the scope of the project, the not to ski price. You understand um, that it is designed to pay for itself, unlike many other public improvements that we would make. It has no return. This has a, a return that will pay for itself over time. More importantly, even if, you know, this is a really important distinction, even if Madtree leaves tomorrow, like literally we sign this, they start making the improvements, and a year from now they go out of business, guess what? We still own the facility, it's still ours. We're not giving something away. It's our building, it's our project. Um, so the scope of that, I, I, I think there's a slight mischaracterization about how, you know, you don't know anything going on. You know an investment's being made, you know how much that investment's being made, you understand how the uh, return is going to be on that. There is absolutely going to continue to be revised, and that's the nature of the business, because they don't want to continue to invest any more time, just like us, as we have with architects, contractors, and what have you. If they don't have a contract for me, we're kind of done. And so that's where we're at, is now, once we're done with this, we will spend the next 
90 to 120 days finalizing the final scope not to exceed and I will be reporting back to you it worked or it didn't work and they're very committed to having it work we wouldn't have gone this this phase so to speak they wouldn't have been that public you know but it is still possible but there is there is a cap on this you understand what that cap is so there's no you're, you're not just giving away money and you don't understand what the lease is you, you know the lease is for um, that amount of money to make improvements to that building to run that facility and they are paying significant payment and rent that will return itself so I, you know generally speaking the scope and understanding of the project is 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 well understood now if, if you if you want more than that then you will not get that for 90 to 120 days after the lease is signed because the lease simply kicks in a due diligence period and we just won't know those final numbers until then um, but just to be clear once we enter into this if it all if all those numbers get hit the project is off and running so that's very helpful thank you um, to the to the matter at hand then I, I love this project I think it's I think it's great I think it's really cool that um, a building that I first entered as a member of the rec board and it, I swear it still had uh, uh, blueprints and things as we were looking to uh, complete uh, Summit Park uh, can be uh, reborn into something that's really a center of community. Um, I've been overwhelmed by the, the comments. I, I mean, I, there's nothing that the city does that there's not somebody who's upset about. Um, uh, too many people are going to go there. Um, uh, something um, I, I don't like that flavor whatever it is I haven't heard a negative comment uh, about this um, and I think that just goes to show um, how many people are, are really excited about this I, I uh, am very impressed with the uh, with mad tree I'm impressed with the design um, the only thing that uh, that I have that I think that we need to consider as we move forward is how it integrates I mean we we've seen some sketches you know where it is and we have some nice drawings of of the facility itself, but you know how it integrates um, into the parking lots and into the other areas um, is going to be key, so that it's not sitting off on an island. And I don't know what kind of things we're going to have to do to to do that. I'm sure you guys have already thought about that, and um, who knows, may have drawings. But uh, it's an exciting project. I agree. I, I can't believe how many people I've heard from, and you know, I think that. We've got professionals working on this. You know, we're in the real estate business, and leases, to some extent, they're pretty boilerplate. You know, there's not a lot you can change. And obviously, this is a little different because it's a public project, a public-private project. But I'm sure if anybody had a question or concern, because it's not going to be wrapped up for another few weeks, I would think people could ask questions and ask for clarifications. But that, you know, that's why we hire you guys to do this work for us and our attorneys who know what they're doing and, and are going to protect our interests been a universal um, uh, positive uh, in the last couple of days I've heard from residents of all ages up to age 87 I had a gentleman that was so excited I don't think he drinks beer and I don't think he has a goes to Summit Park but he thought it was the coolest thing ever um, I've had friends and family members a couple that have moved out of Blue Ash to High Park and to uh, and and they're jealous they're like why did you guys not do this when we lived in Blue Ash it's like well they could I'm always move back tough we were waiting till you left <laughs> Um, even some out-of-town people, uh, some family members that called and said, you know, I kind of really can't believe I live in Columbus now. So anyway, very positive overall. 
Um, I'm going to have a different attitude about this. To me, in the very first few pages of this lease agreement, it is, to me, very clear the financials about this situation. I don't know how much more detail you could possibly get in the first three or four pages. To me, it's exceedingly clear um, what the expectation for this is and what the rents are and what the, the deal is. Um, and all we're asking is to let's get to, and we have maximums that, that are part of the lease agreement. Um, I am absolutely comfortable with letting us go forward and letting our city manager uh, negotiate a final lease. We will still have time where we are gonna see this project and approve this project um, before it gets uh, shovel into the ground, so. Our former mayor, uh, Mark Weber, he was involved when we were first designing Summit Park. He, and his comments were, Summit Park is going to be the crown jewel, the center point of this city. This is adding another jewel to that crown. And it's very much appreciated. So I look forward to seeing you there. That's all I have. PJ, can you talk into the microphone? Now I can hear. Okay. Um, few comments I have is that um, I'm very happy that they're considering of a submit park for uh, appropriate for your business as a metry. So we are very happy to have you. And I'm concurrent with the, the rest of the people that I haven't found anybody since. The report came out, the article came out, um, any negativity. And at the same time, some of the business people, even I know and I talk to them, they are very excited also to be um, considering, hey, this is a great project and everything. So that's very nice. And second thing is that we, um, we want to make sure that we have a um, one second. We have that um, considerations. Thoughts gone. Can you pass and then let me conduct? Sure. Does anybody else have anything to say? No, I just want to say that I'm really looking forward. I think this is a really great partnership. Your strong values really resonate with me and the city. And I think, you know, you succeed, we succeed. Uh, so. You know, I echo what everyone else has said, that this is a really exciting opportunity, and I'm looking forward to it. Yes, what I was missing is the lease that we are negotiating right now. So what we have found and what we got in our email is not the final. It's not going to be final. Am I right? And then if any changes comes out, then we will know what lease looks like and then everything. So on that basis, I think I'm, I'm a... I'm okay with uh, approving and give our um, manager to proceed on the lease uh, agreements with the, our lawyers and attorneys. That's all. Katie, can I say one more thing? I know we talked about this. Um, one of the things that I know that we've worked to do is to make sure that uh, uh, higher gravity and the other uh, businesses in the area aren't negatively affected by this this great project. Um, I, I think, Mr. Mayor, you and I have talked 
Higher Gravity's got a really cool vibe to it, but it's a very different place uh, than, than Madtree is. And I, I think that, uh, I, I don't think that their clientele have a, have a big overlap. I also think that, um, uh, you know, as we're able to do things to, to make sure that, that both can be successful, we're going to do that. Um, I know the city's, you know, cognizant of that. So uh, my friends who are uh, patrons of Higher Gravity, rest assured that we're aware of that and we're not looking to drive anybody out. I wanted to just then uh, address a question that was raised about, you know, how is it I'm coming to the conclusion that, that the legislation is incorporating council approving the lease? I'm just reading it from our own communications. The Blue Ash City Council memo, which is posted to our website, outright states, Resolution 2023-41 seeks council approval of a lease for the, for the space. And then in an email we received earlier from the city manager, one line of it outright states, one item on the agenda will be approval of the Mad Tree lease. So if we're not supposed to think that we're approving a lease tonight, we shouldn't be getting told that. And, and, and then just the, the point I'll add to that is this tactic of, of dropping stuff at the last minute on elected officials, both in Blue Ash and across the region, is completely out of control. This is going on all the time now. And the reason it can continue is because the elected officials who are getting dumped on at the last minute, in our case, four hours before the meeting, we sit here like a bunch of doormats and let people do it. If elected officials would ever say, guys, stop asking me for stuff at the exact last minute and get me stuff in advance, then that's what would be happening. But it doesn't because none of us ever stand up for ourselves. Jeff, I'd like to point out that in the title of the resolution, it says authorizing the city manager to negotiate and thereafter enter into a multi-year lease. That's what's in the res resolution title. So I, my read is that that's what we're doing. And there's nothing wrong with reading all of the documentation that comes into us, whether it's the title or the stuff that I read. There are maximums already built in, as we know from the memo, and you will have a chance to approve this project down the line. Any more discussion? All right, Jamie, please call the roll. Councilman Gath? Yes. Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Councilman Zerwanka? Absolutely. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Councilman Capel? Unfortunately, no. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Mayor Serkin? Yes. Six yeses, one no. Thank you. Jamie, could you please read resolution number 2023-42 by title only? Authorizing the city manager to enter into a contract for design build services for the Blue Ash Golf Maintenance <coughs> Facility Project. Move to adopt resolution number 2023-42. Second. Any discussion? Um, I will say a couple words. Um, to answer Mr. Tolbert's question, as I understand it, and we have an, uh, our attorney can help me out here, community and public facilities are permitted in every residential and commercial district. Um, I think it's hard to argue that the golf maintenance facility is not a community and public facility for the Blue Ash City Golf Course. Um, the golf maintenance building has been at this location for decades. Um, I got to see a preliminary design uh, at the same time as a couple of the neighbors did, and everything about the project geared toward making it uh, quieter for the neighbors and um, 
from employee parking being moved away from the neighbors to a non-active area on the side of the neighbors. The maintenance equipment will be kept inside, so it'll be warm and it won't need to idle very much in the mornings. The building will look significantly better. Um, we are still at the point of a, a design build, so we haven't seen the final, obviously, elevation. Uh, the building will shield its no the noise from the neighbors because it all is active on the opposite side of them. The service drive is moving over 100 feet further away from the neighbors. Um, I, I guess I think that I really am impressed that uh, the Parks and Rec Department and Public Works are doing, I think, everything they possibly can to make it uh, a nicer facility to live next to. So that's what I have to say from my standpoint about this. I'm not an attorney, so I, if I said something incorrect, please correct me. No, that's right, Mayor, and I would also add that uh, Mr. Tolbert, which I appreciate his comments, um, referenced a case called Saunders, a 1980 case, which is kind of the seminal case from zoning, but Saunders said a couple things. Uh, one, it said if there are property, if there's any ambiguity in a zoning code, you construe that ambiguity in favor of the property owner. In this case, that's us. So if there's any ambiguity, it would be in our favor. Beyond that, um, the other point that Mr. Tolbert made was that, well, there's no definition of community facility or public facility, and therefore, this is not a public facility. Well, um, as you would with any other statute, criminal or uh, civil, um, you, if you don't have a definition of a term, <coughs> which think about the revised code being 50-some chapters, not every single word is defined otherwise. And so you take the everyday common definition. As the mayor just pointed out, in terms of everyday common parlance, I don't know that there could be any more definition of a public facility than a park maintenance or a maintenance garage for the public golf course. That to me is the quintessential definition of a public facility and that is a permitted use. So therefore, uh, the, the city has every right to construct the, uh, the maintenance garage as a, as a permitted use. It's not non-conforming, it's a permitted use. Um, the other thing I would say, too, is at some points, because it is a public user, and the county has used this argument before uh, when it tries to construct facilities in other jurisdictions and jurisdictions try to throw up zoning their zoning codes, the county has taken the position that, well, we're the government, you can't apply zoning to us. So beyond all of the other arguments that I've made, there's also a doctrine, name is Brownfield, it doesn't matter what the case is, but Brownfield is the name of the case, which is, uh, suggests that... Um, that certain uh, zoning regulations don't apply if a governmental user. So again, the third level of argument would be our zoning code wouldn't necessarily even apply to us anyway. So uh, we don't even have to get there though because this is clearly a permitted use as a public facility in the everyday definition of it. Thank you, Mayor. So the follow up on that. So when, like when we say, what, what was the term you used? Public use facility? No, public facility. Just it's in the zoning facility. code. Yeah, public. It's a permitted use specifically set forth in our zoning code. A public facility. Okay. Yes. So pretty much anything we do is going to be public facility. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely understand the concern of, of the resident who brought it forward to us. But just, you know, when it comes to zoning issues, what what the book says is what it says. And that's what we have to go with. I, I, uh, I think that we should absolutely do what's legal, and I appreciate uh, our solicitor you know, pointing out that what we're doing is legal. Beyond that, though, I think we also ought to do what's uh, a good neighbor. And as the mayor pointed out, we're being a very good neighbor in this project 
by making this project actually a lot uh, less of an intrusion on uh, adjacent property owners than it is right now. And so I, I think that not only are we doing the minimum that the law requires, but I think we're also doing um, you know, the very best that we can to, to be good neighbors. And as we would want everyone in the city to be to one another, I think we're doing that um, here. I, I appreciate the, the way that the city has looked at this and to try to make it more, you know, more acceptable to the neighbors. And I think it's, uh, you know, obviously it's necessary. You know, it, we're not doing this on a whim. It's, it's really important to rebuild this facility, so. No other discussion. Uh, Jamie, could you please call the roll? Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Councilman Gath? Yes. Councilman Capel? Yes. Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Mayor Serkin? Yes. Seven yeses. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Mayor. That's all I have. We're going to move to planning and zoning. Vice Mayor Javeri, Chairperson. Thank you, Mayor. I have a one motion. Uh, motion setting a public hearing for 7.10 p.m. on Thursday, July 13, 2023, to consider an application to designate approximately 9.8 acre, 9 acres of a land at 11.11500 Reed Hartman Highway as a planned unit development, PUD district. Second. Any questions? No questions. Well, in let's take a vote. In favor, all I in favor. Aye. 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 Thank you. None. None. Zero. Seven. And yes. Thank you. Uh, Jimmy, can you read the resolution two twenty three dash forty three by title only? Providing for the reappointment of Paul Collette as a member of the Planning Commission and the appointment of Carlton T. Brown to the Board of Site Arrangement and Board of Zoning Appeals for the City of Blue Ash. As this, these are the board members, and um, as I know, Paul Collette has been there for a long, long time, and we really appreciate his services. Councilman, uh, we need a motion and a uh, second, please. Okay. <laughs> Move to, um, move to uh, adopt the resolution number 2023-43. Second. Okay. Now I can start <coughs> talk about <laughs> about the Paul Collette. He's uh, he's been there for a long, long time, and he has uh, done a great job so far. And uh, we welcome again, and he. Uh, um, he admitted that, hey, yeah, he will serve more, one more terms. So we are very happy to get back onto the board. Any other things, anybody? Just that we appreciate any time the citizens volunteer to you know, yes. work on behalf of the city. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Because they are just nothing but the volunteer and they're doing their times and they make sure that they're coming and attending the meetings all the time. And uh, so their, their dedication is far beyond, and Blue Ash and the council really appreciate them. And it's important work for sure. Uh, just wanted to point out, Mr. Brown is moving. He was the, uh, uh, the fill-in, the alternate uh, of the board, and, and because of an opening, he's 
uh, moving into full membership, and yes. so we want to congratulate him on that. Any other? <clears throat> Can you read the... Councilman Capel? Yes. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Councilman Gath? Yes. Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Mayor Serkin? Yes. Seven yeses. All right, we're going to move to the Public Safety Committee. Councilman Capel. Move that we adopt resolution number 2023 44. We want to have, to have the title read. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm going way too fast here. Jamie, please read the title. Authorizing the purchase of replacement radios for the police and fire departments. Okay, now we're cooking. Uh, <laughs> now I move to adopt resolution number 2023 44. Second. So this is the, the radios that our police and fire use are soon to be obsolete and will no longer be supported by the, by the company that backs them. Uh, it came up right at the last minute. Fortunately, we have strong reserves, so we can handle an expense like that. I feel bad for the ones that don't. Um, if I had more of a perch than being a council member in Blue Ash, I would encourage the uh, the, whatever agency enforces anti-monopoly laws to work a little harder on this one since it's basically one company that does this. Um, and I'd also wonder, talk to Verizon and see why they're not in this business. It seems to be right up their alley. But I digress. Um, that said, are there any other comments or, or questions on this item? Hearing none, please cut the wall. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm just slow. Um, I, I just want to thank uh, our, our chiefs uh, for their work finding a, a discount on this of more than 140,000 or almost 140,000 dollars over the the list price and uh, uh, the negotiated price. I, I think um, I'm a bit of a radio nerd. These are really cool radios. In that, <laughs> in that be. they will be able to talk uh, through the system to anybody in the state on these emergency circuits. So. Um, you can be in Hamilton County, and if somebody's responding to a major disaster from Columbus, their radios will work and be interoperable. Um, it's, it's really a, a great safety uh, event. Um, as much as these get used, um, they have to be built like tanks, and they, they really are. Um, I appreciate um, you know, our need for these, and, and uh, I, I wish we didn't have to spend the money, but um, I'm, I'm certainly glad the hard work of our uh, of our employees to make sure that we uh, only spend what we have to. They're really well built. I hear the police use them for cornhole, actually. <laughs> As chairman of the 911 board <clears throat> for the county, I understand the, the need. situation here. All communities use these. These are Motorola radios, okay, both fire and police. They've stretched the use of these for a number of years. Um, the new radios will be part of the Mark's new nine, next generation 911 system with the state. So that's the good news. So. Okay, hearing uh, no other comments, please call the roll. Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Councilman Gath? Yes. Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Councilman Capel? Yes. Mayor Serkin? Yes. Seven yeses. Okay, we're going to move to miscellaneous business, the citizen survey presentation. 
So just as a little segue, as Eric um, approaches the uh, podium, um, since I don't know when, 2000 and something, five, four, two, there you go, 2002, Eric and the University of uh, Cincinnati have been conducting a uh, uh, resident survey. We do it every few years. We have a couple of standard questions of satisfaction, what have you. And then we have been tracking ourselves on new development that has happened since Summit Park and other things. So Eric's going to share that. Um, I'm going to steal one piece of thunder on one of the slides that says there's a lot of support for more retail and entertainment facilities and establishments, much like uh, Madtree. So we'll already have checked off one of the boxes on the uh, survey slide. So with that, Eric, um, um, uh, and, and Eric has, uh, has been the director of that center, um, uh, the, the Institute for Policy Research for a number of years, and certainly handled all of our survey. And what's, what's unique about this, this isn't a monkey survey or um, you know whatever, it's, it's scientifically valid and what have you. So it's been tested, and, and I don't know, this is probably the sixth or seventh survey we've had, and so it's been interesting to watch that trend, so we'll provide the update. Eric? Good evening, and uh, on behalf of the University of Cincinnati, I'd like to say thank you all uh, for the opportunity to talk with you tonight. Um, can you get a little closer? I sure can. Thank you. Or the handheld is Or the handles. Oh, no. I'm dangerous with handles. <laughs> All right. I'll still hold it close. There you go. I'll still try to see if I can stay up here instead of walking around like I want to do. Um, as uh, David said, um, we can probably go to the next slide. Um, I've been coming out here uh, since 2002. I've noticed some changes in the room here, uh, some upgrades over time. Um, and uh, one of the things that I've always enjoyed about Blue Ash is that when things in other parts of the country, and you know I'm sure because you're watching other communities in comparison to Blue Ash, when things are going on well in other parts of the country and other communities, things tend to be going well in Blue Ash. The other thing is, when we're in times like these, when you look around, and this isn't the only time over that period where other communities have struggled, um, this is a community that seems to do very, very well. Um, it's a community where there is a great sense of community and one uh, where, generally speaking, whether it be with uh, the performance of council or the management of Blue Ash, you tend to get high ratings, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, we conducted these interviews by landline and cell phones. Uh, the interviewing dates were a little bit long, and let me explain that to you. Uh, as David said, there are lots of different ways you can do surveys. Every person who responded to this is a verified member of the Blush community. Um, we were able to verify that each of those 518 folks do live in the city of Blue Ash. So sometimes with surveys that can cause it to take a little bit longer to make sure you've got uh, uh, the proper resident pool. And then finally, as I'm talking about the data, and this comes into play in a little bit as you'll hear from me, the margin of error is about four, a little bit over 4%. The last thing I'll say is that if you're thinking they're conducting a landline and cell phone survey, and you're saying, well, what about that? It's mostly a cell phone survey at this point. Um, I would not be surprised if we had the opportunity to work with you again over the next, say, five years, 
if we might be doing something that's far more uh, looking into what we call address-based sampling and things like address to web and web to sell and all those sorts of things because right now we're in a in a period where there's a fairly quick transition going um, away from phones and towards that web model um, but our tests are still showing landline and cell phones pretty comparable and pretty good so the first thing, as I said, if you look in that period, 2002 to 2023, when we ask how satisfied are you with the quality of life in Blue Ash, um, there's a couple things. One is most communities would give everything to have very satisfied plus satisfied at 98.1%. Um, you will also notice that over time, the two bars, the blue and the light, have varied a little bit. Um, but if you look at the 2018 to 2023 period, uh, in a number of communities we've worked in, this has been a very, very difficult time for local government. Um, and as you can see, your numbers are very stable and they're not statistically different. Um, I think that says something about the things that are going on in a positive way uh, in Blue Ash today. We always ask questions about highest priority um, that the residents see for the city of Blue Ash. Um, They've bounced around a little bit over the years. Um, the, these findings, when I was asked about them, they don't surprise me a lot because there's a lot of different transitions, uh, a lot of development going on in Blue Ash, a lot of things changing and growing. Um, improving traffic flow is the number one thing that came up. No surprise, I would guess. There's been a lot of construction and, and road changes and things. But look also, too, statistically, when we start to talk about it, there's really not a lot of difference between that, attracting business development, bike path, and sidewalk connectivity, which really points back to that sense of community, um, investing in the downtown area, adding recreational amenities, and so forth. Statistically, these are very close. And this is also something that's often common in communities. When you sit down with residents, and some of you probably have this experience, you will find that there are people that are very, very committed to how do we address a traffic issue? How do we address business development? Um, but it's not always everyone coalescing around one issue. Uh, and that's what we've tended to find over the years, that while these bounce around, there is um, uh, a bit of uh, of uh, diversity in terms of the kinds of things that people are asking you all to think about moving forward. We do uh, some regular ratings uh, of the services provided by the City of Blue Ash. Um, in this particular survey, uh, Parks and Recreation did come out with the highest ratings, um, but very close with Blue Ash Fire Department, Blue Ash Police, I always say that, and then I wonder where the fire department blush police folks are, so I'm not going to turn around. Um, and I'll, hopefully my car will be there when I, when I leave. But if you look at those ratings, 80%, 90% are saying excellent or good. And I think uh, that really commends all of the folks in all these departments um, for the work that they're doing. I certainly would be remiss if I didn't suggest there has been over the last few years, I don't know if we've talked about that particular development at all tonight, but there has been a bit of emphasis on parks and recreation in Blue Ash in recent times. Um, and that may be part of why it's now 
moved up. It may be something that stays for a while. Um, but normally you see fire and police at the top of this sort of list. And that's not just a blue ash phenomena, that's a, a phenomenon across the United States. Okay, we did ask some questions about financial situation and what the perceptions are. And I wanna be real careful to make sure we understand that what we're talking about here when we're asking people to rate the city of Blue Ash's financial situation, we know that in the same way that residents have different ideas about different issues, folks in this room, there's probably a wide variety of what they know about the, the financial situation. But as you know, perception can be very, very important in what people think and also how they feel about the place where they live. Um, and what you can see here is that over time, minus that first 2002 uh, year, you've got a lot of similarity in those excellence and goods. Um, right now, good is a little bit higher um, than excellent, but you're getting a pretty good rating. And the main thing is um, that you don't have what some other communities have, which is that fair and poor up into the 20s and the 30s, where people's perception is that their local government and their city itself is struggling financially. We also asked, over the next five years, do you think the financial situation will get better, worse, or stay about the same? About half of the residents that we asked said we think it'll stay about the same. Um, there's about 40% that are, are optimistic. The key thing here is, at least right now, the perception is not um, that things are getting worse. And I want you to put that in a little bit of context again. Just think about all the discussion that we've had nationally and even in the region, different communities about recession and some of the economic struggles we've had. We're coming out of a pandemic where there was uh, certainly some economic struggles. Um, at least here looking forward, people are relatively optimistic. Well, this is a question that I, uh, I think we introduced for the first time to try to get a sense of how folks were viewing um, the balance between the taxes they pay and the services that they receive. Now, we did spend a little bit more information on this question. We can get that wording to you. But it basically laid out um, basically what out of their tax dollars that they pay property-wise um, comes to the city of Blue Ash. Only about 9% disagreed with the uh, services were a good value, about 89, 90% uh, agree. You can guess, I've said this several times, this is the kind of number that you don't often see in communities across our region. Okay, uh, Summit Park. Um, I think the good news here, although statistically these numbers um, are not all that different over the 2018 to 2023, um, you do have a slight uptick overall when you put very and somewhat satisfied together. But when you're looking at numbers like these, I think you always, and in fact, I, I guess I try to be an optimist, but I can be a little pessimistic, I guess. One of the things that I'm always concerned about is what's happening with those dissatisfaction numbers. Um, and what's involved there and what are people thinking about and that kind of thing you're not even to 10% yet. Um, you're at less than, you're right about five, just a little bit over. Um, as uh, I think you said earlier, that no matter what government does, there's always gonna be somebody, you know, possibly for very good reason, who may not be happy about it. 
Um, I would guess when you were uh, working through all the development of Summit Park, you would not have told anybody that you could have a, a dissatisfaction rating that low um, because it's, it's extraordinarily low. Okay, another thing um, that's, I got to put in a little bit of context because it may seem like it's coming out of left field a little bit. Um, we had some conversations about what sort of questions we could ask just to get a sense of what is something that, um, from a development standpoint, Blue Ash is certainly facing down the road, and that is this question of what's happening with the workforce and how office space and other things might impact uh, the future, at least uh, with residents. Now, what this shows you, we asked uh, a couple of questions where we asked respondents, all right, so first of all, before the pandemic, were you working some of the time, none of the time, most of the time, that sort of thing. So this is, uh, before the pandemic, about 20% of residents say they were working from home at least some of the time, um, meaning either some of the time or all of the time. That number, uh, looking forward, when we ask them, what do you expect will be the case post-pandemic, about doubled. Now, keep in mind that's a perception we did also ask where they were currently, and I put this slide up because it's very similar. So some of this may well be projecting, but I do think it's at least, let's, yeah, let's go back there. I do think it's at least good food for thought among residents um, where they see the future, which is kind of a hybrid mix. And as you're thinking about growth and development and um, some of the different buildings and things that you have, I think this is a good place to pause and maybe a good place to have some conversations um, with your residents about and try to get what a survey can't do, which is get a more rich sort of view of, is this really going to be something that continues into the future or is it a perception based on where people currently are? Um, because it may well be, and I'm speaking from experience as I drive up 71 every day from UC, um, I know traffic's back to where it was. Um, and so, to me, I haven't noticed some of what is being reported and what is seen here with the wider kind of uh, uh, people working from home and that sort of thing. But that's anecdotal. And so this is the kind of thing that I like to bring up to just say, it might be something to have some more conversations with your residents about. Okay. Now we got into a little bit of uh, development types of questions where we asked about Blue Ash and its role, um, so the question's a little bit fuller than this, in terms of housing, business development, and mixed-use development. Um, where you're going to see a little bit of similarity across these. Let's start with housing. First of all, we asked, um, you know, how would you like to see Blue Ash's efforts? Would you like to stay them stay about the same in what they're doing with uh, housing? Increase efforts, decrease efforts. The key here is basically people are saying stay about the same. When you have that kind of finding, we tend to look at what's the difference between increase and decrease. As you can see there, it's pretty similar. Um, so th to the degree to which folks say they want to see something different, you do have about a quarter who said they want to see uh, encouraging more housing development. You have about 20% who say they want to see you ratchet back. 
but the overall message is in the majority, um, it stay about the same. We asked people, we asked people who uh, said they would like to see, keep in mind this is people who would like to see the increase, right, so just those folks, what they would like to see, and we put through a range of different definitions, and these are the kinds of things that you ask in lots of communities, um, but I would not be at all surprised to hear you say, well, what are the difference between apartments and townhomes and condominiums? For some people, there's huge differences. For others, there aren't. Um, but you can see that single-family homes stands above all of those, but if you add apartments and townhomes and condos together, um, then you have a situation that you've got um, a number that's larger than the single-family home. So it's all in how you want to kind of interpret that. But remember, this is only those, the fraction of the community that said they'd like to see an increase, just to be clear. So let's move to business. Um, similar picture, but a little different um, in, this, in the sense that there's a lot of folks that like to see the efforts stay the same regarding business. Um, but one of the things that we've always had in our encounters, um, there's a good understanding uh, among residents in the connection between uh, business and business development and uh, the kinds of things that, that local government is able to do and provide. Um, here, I wasn't all that surprised to see that there was a, a higher number coming in for encouraging to just keep increasing, increasing business development. Um, very low number saying uh, either we don't want to see additional development business-wise or we'd like to see a decrease in efforts. Yeah, somebody already gave away this slide. I don't know where he is. Um, so retail shopping and dining, um, we've looked at this in previous years. I know some faces I've seen before and some I haven't. Um, I guess I would just say, think about all the different kinds of retail, shopping, and dining. There's lots of different opinions and attitudes all the way across the board on what all those different things really mean. Um, and so it's a little misleading in the sense that we're putting a lot of different stuff in, in there. Um, we also kind of struggled with, we wanted to get towards this concept of light industrial, and it is out there, it's being used in research, um, but I think, you know, there's a little bit of understanding, a little bit of not, and once you throw in the word industrial, I think that can, can maybe turn some people off as well. So um, just giving you some, some ideas about how answers come in here. Um, and then obviously there's some people that say that uh, they would like to see office space. Um, but retail shopping and dining, as it has in previous years, going back a good long ways, um, continues to come up as the kind of development people would like to continue to see. And then mixed-use development, we didn't go down as deep on this, but again, efforts staying about the same to the degree to which um, we'd like to see any change, uh, it's increase efforts over decrease efforts. Okay, so we're getting close to the end. Um, We've asked this question um, since 2002. Overall, how would you rate the sense of uh, community in the city of Blue Ash? Again, I can, I've already, you've seen a lot of great ratings, and I can tell you how good these ratings are. 
Um, but what continues to astound me are the fair and the poor and how low those numbers continue to be, um, and the poor especially. Uh, but when you have about 80% of your residents saying either excellent or good, um, you've got about 30% saying excellent. And again, I remind you, there are many communities that are struggling with this very issue. Um, I, I think it's a, a, a really laudable finding. Okay, so in summary, um, quality of life, Summit Park, City Services, you continue to receive higher ratings. Um, you've got good to excellent ratings and some optimism about the future when it comes to business. Um, you, we've got a majority that like to see housing development efforts stay about the same, but when it comes to business and, and mixed-use developments, there's certainly more on the side of staying about the same or increasing. That's the end of my presentation. Um, I've been coming out here for 21 years, and uh, I've always enjoyed it. So thank you very much, and again, I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, there's some really good kudos for city administration on those numbers. That's ridiculous, but most importantly, I pulled out of that, that the police and fire departments got better ratings than our snow and ice removal which is always rated like the best in the world. So, I mean, police and fire, you guys. <laughs> that is fantastic. It was a little better than that. Yeah, poor, poor Gordon, he gets the lowest rating, but understand it's still 82%. I, <laughs> I don't think that's going to stop Mr. Cruz from uh, pointing out that he won. He won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely the best. Um, um, I, I do have a couple of um, follow-up things. Uh, one, there was an interesting article I read um, a few months ago while the survey was going on, April 8th in um, Wall Street Journal. And it was an article about surveys and surveys and pessimism and optimism of Americans and what have you. And what's really fascinating, this article showed that currently, and, and, and not just this year, over the last X number of years, there is a high sense of pessimism uh, that's showing up when, when, asked, um, when asked about it in spite of the fact that there are, things are more optimistic in terms of you know, lower pregnancy rates, better health rates, and this and that. I think what, you know, not to pile on what Eric said, and we, we're getting really good ratings, but in an, in an environment, in an era in which people are generally pessimistic, to see us be even optimistic, um, because I would be prepared to say, well, wave some of that off, perhaps, but um, I, I think it's pretty telling that even in the context people are a little more dour about things we're still getting things out of there number one and then and then you know this this segues into a little bit of, of next um, month's discussion where we'll share a preview i think next month or august the um, um, some economic development strategy uh, study and we've been doing internally um, as, as eric said you you continue there's nuances, but you continue to get comments about, yeah, keep moving on, both with housing and business. Business had more support about keep moving on, but, but even housing, the de think about when someone says, yeah, stay about the same, that doesn't necessarily mean they're saying stay status quo, because the question was, would you, you know, blue ashes efforts, and so, oh, so things like the blue, even though sometimes we have to go through some gyrations and discomfort. There seems to be support for that. So it's nice to see, I think, anecdotally, we have some arguments and discussion about what we're going to do and where we're going. But you see the community clearly, the big one for me was to see the community kind of start to embrace and accept mixed-use development more. That was a 
kind of a bad word six, seven years ago. Um, and now it was, it was a leading indicator. So um, that might be a reflection of the community understanding business model has changed and, and work from home and what have you. So we'll keep those in the back of your mind as we unfold some other findings, which I haven't seen preliminary parts of them yet either, but I'm, I'm assuming they're going to connect the same and that we, we continue to probably need to evolve how we think in terms of, of development. Do so, you have anything to add from that? No. I, Did anyone have any questions I, or anything I have or one before question. we go? Oh. What was the age demographics in relation to a lot of this? Was there like an average age we were of the respondents and where, so, are we, where is our population going age-wise and such? Okay, so the, the age of the survey actually matches up pretty well to um, what you have from a census perspective. Um, and one of the things that's kind of the value of not just doing the cell phones but also continuing to do landlines. Um, and so the age of the community pretty much is matching up right along where um, you're seeing in, in the census numbers. Um, keep in mind that with some of the growth you may be seeing with population, we, we wouldn't necessarily be picking all of that up yet. Um, but that will be, you know, there, there may well be some in population future. changes coming in the future as well, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I have a question about um, the, the question that prompted for what's the highest priority. Were those, you know, they were only given those five options? Yeah, those then, are presented. Okay. Yeah. So if they had something else, it, we may be missing. Something. Yeah, well, so there's a, there's a couple things about that. Um, David made reference. There's going to be some uh, open-ended findings that will be available where we gave people a little more chance to talk. Um, above and beyond that, on the one hand, uh, I could answer you and say, well, we did say, you know, if you wanted to say something else, you could. But then you would be right to say back to me, well, if I give you a list of five things, you probably want me to answer from among those things, right? So. Um, that would normally keep kind of an other in response to that down, but the kinds of things you're asking about, there may be some things in, in some of those open-ended findings. Mr. Armaker or, or David, so this was only uh, citizens, uh, residents. Correct. Do we have a similar uh, set of data for either employees or employers? I, I mean. Uh, one of the great things about our model is that, yeah, we get a great value for our, our uh, property tax dollars because we so much of our income comes from those people who are working here and not living here. Do we have any way of figuring out how they... No, no we have not been tracking a similar process to this. Um, several times in the past, we, as part of the campaign update and when we did another strategic update a number of years ago, we did some monkey surveys, a non-scientific uh, survey of the business community and what have you. Um, interestingly enough, um, when we were running that data next to the resident data, um, it somewhat surprisingly mirrored. There were some definitely more driven towards um, you know, things you might think of. I, for, I forget specific examples, but it was surprising. It wasn't the inverse. It was a lot of the bars on questions, what have you, were similar. There just were percentage differences. Do you think that's a fair way to describe it, Kelly? So, so we have done that, but it's been a while. Um, now, as part of this ED study, we did not do a survey of employers, but we talked more to key leaders in the development community. I, I, you know, as I'm thinking about it, it may not be useful. You know, an employee, you know, if I, if I work at 
XYZ, if they've landed here, then my, you know, they're not the, they're not the uh, decision maker. Um, and so maybe that's not as valuable as, as our residents, but um, I'm glad to see that we're uh, paying attention to, you know, such a large portion of our constituency. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Thank you all. I appreciate it. So um, the only other thing I have is, uh, well, two things. Um, one, uh, we, we will not meet before the 4th of July, so um, look forward to that big event. I know um, um, all of, you know, Brian's heading it up, but police and fire and, and public works all pitch in. That's a all hands on deck day, and so we look forward to that. Um, and then I'll just finish with again, um, uh, thank you for your support with Madtree. I think you know your leadership with that um, will will be well um, uh, well refunded, so to speak, and you'll be very happy with that with that product. And we're very excited about having um, Madtree as part of our community. So that's all I have. Kelly, Barry, Noel, Julie. Amy? Nothing tonight, Your Honor. Gordon? Yeah, I just wanted to give a quick update to the pepper mill roundabout. So um, we fin we're finishing up the curb of the last diverter island uh, today. And so that work will continue uh, tomorrow and uh, probably be wrapping up some of that stuff on Monday. Um, so we're kind of in the last bits of that project. So what you'll expect to see is the uh, paving will begin on the 18th. And uh, unfortunately, just because of the amount of traffic we get through there, it will be taking place at night. We're going to try to do a little bit uh, early evening uh, in the Pepper Mill uh, area so we can kind of get through there before it gets too late um, and just, you know, trying to reduce as much disturbance as possible for the residents in that area. So uh, getting close to the end, finally. Just one question I have on that. Uh, I recently walked, just took a long walk through town, including both of the or well, the, the two roundabouts on that street. When this roundabout is finished, is it gonna have the same pede uh, pedestrian safety features as the one just a little south of it? That's correct, yeah, it'll, it'll have that. And uh, when you're walking around, it will get cleaned up. So there's a lot of gravel and stuff from the construction process. So all those areas will be cleaned up, but they do have the same uh, rapid flash beacons, uh, pedestrian safety equipment, same thing. Yeah, that's great because, um, and granted, I was walking at like 11.30 p.m. It wasn't a lot of competition with cars, but I liked the pedestrian safety issues on the completed roundabout. I thought it was well done. Just as a reminder, uh, Gordon said a key word, clean up the construction site. But I, I also want to just remind everyone, our plan is later this year, more likely uh, next year, let's go back and do extensive um, um, landscaping and decorative walls um, on all of them. And he just wanted to wait till he's done with construction before he does the next phase. So those, while they're very functional and what have you, I, they're, they're nice gateways in our community and our plan is to, you know, dress those up. Um, and that includes even the one, you know, out on Hunt Road and what have you, so. All right. What a great night for Parks and Rec. Although I'm a little torn, it took, us, it took us 21 years to get on the UC survey as number one, and Chris isn't here to <laughs> witness it, so I'll have to call him later. Huh? <laughs> right. 
Um, yeah, as David pointed out, obviously our next meeting will be after red, white, and blue ash. So, um, you know, we had a meeting today, our last city planning meeting with all the departments together. And I know that everybody in here would just be so proud with how fluid and how, you know, how good we are with it nowadays and how everybody kind of jumps in and does their thing. And it really is a great team building event, to be honest with you, for all the departments together. And then, um, you know, I couldn't go without saying anything about the, um, uh, the mad tree relationship, ecstatic about this this possibility and David always brings this up when we're talking but you know I don't know if many communities that harken back to a 12 or 13 year old master plan but you know part of the master plan was to activate this site and do something with this space and all of our parks and rec staff have loved working out of it for a little while um, and actually become a little fond of it we're going to get them a new home and it'll be great um, but to go back on a master plan that you know made this a goal I think this is a long-term vision another great chapter for Summit Park and to Mark's point, uh, Mark brought up, you know, something I, th I think that kind of uh, rang with me a little bit in terms of it doesn't matter what we do um, in government. And like everybody's mentioned a little bit tonight, a lot of times you get a lot of positive, a lot of negative with the positive, even if it's a great project, there's always something. So I did a scientific survey actually during council tonight, and I took <laughs> the four Facebook pages that represent the project so far as two for Madtree, two for parks. So Summit Park, City of Blue Ash, Madtree Parks and Rec, and then the Met regular Madtree Facebook page. It's very easy to click a thumbs down or a frowny face or, you know, the little crying emoji. There's 1,232 thumbs up or hearts on this topic. Zero negative. Pretty impressive. I, I can't think of the last project that we did that, you know, you have that much community appreciation for. I looked so, on Nextdoor and I couldn't find anything negative. That's even more you impressive. You can't find anything negative oh. on Nextdoor. Yes. <laughs> well, and, and to add to that, um, as Eric said, probably when we were building Summit Park, the support level wasn't even that high. I mean, Summit Park itself, if I had to guess, had general support, but um, it still had 30% of people who were lined up here yelling and screaming and telling us we were spending too much money and what have you. So you never know. <laughs> For sure. That's it, sir. Rachel, did I call you? Okay. Welcome, Stephanie Stoller, longtime councilwoman. In our front row. Uh, Councilor Pacheco. Get enough mic time. Um, <laughs> I would say Gordon's a solid 83. Uh, 82 is, <laughs> is not close. Um, two things. First of all, I want to jump on, not as a citizen of Blue Ash, but as a someone who's been involved in the community for going on 26 years now. Um, the regional destination that the park has created and then just from folks younger family folks who bring their kids from northern kentucky from wherever else to go to the park um, it draws it did exactly what was intended all those years ago and then to now to add to madry full disclosure dinsmore represents madry but regardless um, <laughs> the destination addition there uh, is just uh, it's quite a draw and uh, so I want to commend you all from people just at the law firm uh, what, what what their regional destination it is um, and uh, so I wanted to commend that and then lastly uh, today is uh, uh, our son's 23rd birthday he is over in London right now God oh. knows doing what um, but uh, I can guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, but well, it's actually I don't know what. I can still guess. Yeah. I don't think it's still, it's still going on. One twenty-five a.m. Yeah. 
But anyway, I did, uh, on behalf of Tammy and me, want to wish him a happy birthday publicly in Blue Ash. Not that he can hear this, but... Uh, We're streaming. Well, yeah, he could hear it. That's true. That's he could be watching. He's, he's watching. Fa watching he's watching. Now. He's watching from a London pub. That's correct. Drinking warm beer. Anyway, thank you, Mayor. I appreciate it. Brian? We live in such a great community. I, I say it a lot, um, and I mean it every time. Um, some examples. Uh, I love, we knew that the uh, downtown gateway project was going to be uh, happening. Uh, Gordon and, and uh, the folks in Public Works had, took that work on themselves. The signs on the north end of downtown are coming together. The painting of the uh, 126 underpass is coming together. I, I think there's still some lighting that's going to be done. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see that. It, um, it's fun when my kids notice uh, the work that this city's doing because uh, teenagers, and now I have two official teenagers as of yesterday, to get them off of their screen to notice something that's going on, I, I, I think that says that we're doing something really well. Um, wanted to say uh, how thoughtful and, and uh, what a great job we've done with uh, downtown parking uh, for her birthday. My daughter wanted to go to Sleepy Bee for lunch and uh, we drove past the, the Cooper and, and uh, Kenwood lot and it, you could fit another car in there but you would have been, uh, it would have been tough. Um, and I went down to the, uh, the Cancer Center support uh, public lot and there were two spots left. Um, I mean, we're, I have no idea where everybody was, but um, they, they were down there, parked downtown. Um, and that kind of foresight to know, hey, we're taking some parking away here, how do we do that? Responding to concerns of businesses, that just, it says what a responsive um, community we have. Add on to it, this is all about my daughter's birthday, I'm, I'm figuring out. So she then wanted to play pickleball. We don't play pickleball uh, except at Matry. And um, so we, uh, <laughs> I, I, I reserved a, a court at the rec center, not knowing, you know, I knew it's a tennis court, but it's pickleball too, so not knowing exactly what was going to be on. I was just gonna think it's a little hinky or something. Um, but uh, as we're going on, the, the tennis pro was there, said, oh yeah, pickleball. Um, court five or six, whichever one you have, and just pull out the net. And I'm like, pull out the net? What kind of jakey kind of thing is this? You know, I'm, I'm imagining the, the, the badminton net that my dad used to set up in the backyard that would blow over by, this is the coolest thing. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a steel constructed frame with great rollers on the bottom of it. You roll it out to the right spot, you lock the wheels, and you have a beautiful pickleball court. And I know we've had some, um, Gruff about the condition of our of our courts certainly didn't affect my level of play. Um, I know we're in the process trying to get some of that uh, improved. I, we take something we say we want to meet a need and we meet it and we don't meet it just to you know the bare minimum so that we can say yeah we got a pickleball court. We go and we make something that's nice and I'm proud to to bring somebody to, um, and that brings me to uh, the problem. We do such a great job with so many things. Uh, if we don't do a, a really top-notch top job, I think it shows. Um, I recently uh, had some comments from constituents talking about the dog park. And I remember the mayor had some comments and you know it talks about, he brought up the sign that said, uh, you know, this is just phase one. We got a, we got a better thing coming someday soon. And we should either do that or take down the sign we took down the sign. Um, uh, I, I went over there with my dogs. My dogs are, are um, stupid. Um, 
Uh, and you know, we, we walk in there, they're having a great time. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful place, but it's a wreck. Um, it's so well used. Um, there's, you know, it was just a, it was a dust bowl. Um, and my dog immediately rolled in it and, you know, you know, uh, a movie should be made about how, how crazy this dog is and then went and got in the water. So he's muddy to, to come home. Um, I, I, I don't know everything about our, our dog park. I, do, I have heard a little bit about um, how it came to be and, and whatnot, and, and I think it was a good idea. You know, let's see if, if people are going to use it. Let's see if it's going to be useful. Um, I think the answer is absolutely it's being used. Um, I think the answer, based on the where, based on uh, what the park superintendent says he has to do to keep it even in the state that it's in, um, it, it's well used. I think it's time that we take it to the next level, more than a fenced-in area with some water. Um, I really think in comparison to the other amenities in the city, it, it doesn't match up. It doesn't, um, it doesn't uh, reach the level that we do other things. Now, at, at the same time, I want to say that, uh, 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 you know, as council, we look at the, the capital spending every year, and, and we haven't approved it. Uh, we haven't, I don't know that we've talked about it, um, I'm grateful for, uh, for David, who is, you know, you go through a whole process to say, all right, we're going to spend this much money on, on capital projects. How do we decide which of those projects we're going to fund, which ones don't make it? And, you know, I, I don't know where the dog park is in that not quite make it portion. Um, uh, and certainly with a, a limited budget, you got to make choices like that. So I'm grateful that uh, you've made those decisions and not always uh, our decisions to make. But I, I, I think we need to either, we don't need a Taj Mahal, we don't need to expand it to 40 acres and have it running through the woods with you know, all kinds of things, but there's gotta be something that we can do to make it so that I'm just as proud to have somebody come to the dog park as I am to have them um, come to pickleball. That's it. Well, I've got two accolades for Gordon and uh, Public Works, so maybe that'll help <laughs> your God. score a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, as, the as score. <laughs> Mr. Gath mentioned the uh, painting on the uh, columns on the overpass. It's really exciting to see that. You can see work being done, um, and, and people are noticing that change and, and asking questions about it. So that's fun. It's, it's fun to drive through it, too, to see the bright colors and kind of bring some life to a highway. Um, underpass or overpass. Uh, and then the second, the um, so Public Works Week was a couple weeks ago and the Touch a Truck event was outstanding. I It was so packed full of people. It's hard to have a two-year-old wait 10 minutes in line to get up in a truck, but we made it work. Um, so I just want to commend uh, everybody who was involved in that, that it was really incredible to see so many people come out um, and, and to see those big vehicles and trucks up close in person that, you know, everyone gets excited, little kids get excited, but seeing them up close and getting the opportunity to, to really experience them and get in them was really fun. So that's all I have, Mr. Mayor. Uh, just a couple things, since we're big on stats tonight. Um, I oversee Beautification Week, and we just got done with, uh, looking at the nominations, they'll be judged next week. We doubled the number from last year to this year. We have 46 nice properties wow. to judge. Nice. Great, so I'm gonna get That's car great. sick. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> 
but uh, <laughs> that's a great number of an improvement over a year's time of that many properties that have improved. So uh, I look forward to seeing what our results are, and we'll see those in September. Um, the other thing I wanted to state, uh, on behalf of my family, thank you um, for remembering my mom. I appreciate that. All I have there. If anybody has, I, I should. If anybody has any thoughts about the dog park, I'd love to hear your thoughts about them too. You've all been here longer than I have, so. Yeah, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll address that. And I didn't come in with any miscellaneous comments, but I think yours were good, so I'll, I'll kind of pick up on that, too. We saw in the survey about just certain things people wanted. And, and well, you know, one of the things that had some numbers was people wanting, um, like, more park amenities. And, it, and it's easy for us to sit here and say, well, how's that possible? We got more park amenities than anyone around here. And I think we're, I'm just going to speculate here, I think when people will tell a, a pollster that, like, we need more amenities at Summit Park or more amenities throughout our park system, I don't think they're really saying that we're low on amenities throughout the park system or Summit Park, but maybe there's just a couple spot issues that they'd like to see improvement on that they experience. And there's two that come to mind for me. The first one is the dog park. Um, it, everything you said about it is correct. And one option could be trying to do another big, the go big option, do another big project. But let's face it, our rec, our rec department has a ton of those right now. I'm guessing that's probably not, the, the go big is probably years away. But maybe like another, but maybe a, 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 another smaller option that doesn't take a whole lot. And I've brought it up before and just in private settings is what if we just added like a second similar dog park right there for now? So what, what that would allow us to do then is then let's say we have the two parks side by side and that allows for the recovery of those areas. So four months a year, dog park number one is shut down for recovery purposes, get the grass back and so forth. And then for about four months of the year, dog park number two is shut down for recovery purposes. And then for those other four months, let's say we pick the four months with the most traffic and keep, try to have them both open in those four months. So something like that uh, could be looked at. And then maybe the other like spot option where um, we could look at is, I know from representing Hunt Park that people who live there love it. Uh, there's no doubt it's popular. In fact, the, the one time that I've, li I've lived here 20 years, the one time we ever had a ton of Ward 4 residents at a council meeting is when something was going to happen at Hunt Park that jeopardized the quality of it. And we had people just come right out of the woodwork to say, we love this park. Please, you know, do whatever you can to keep it in, in the good condition it's in. Um, but one thing we could do there, maybe like a couple years ago, I was there reading and I saw a bunch of kids, a bunch of parents. And I, so I just kind of, I went up to the parents, introduced myself and asked them, um, all right, what do you think of Hunt what do you think of Hunt Park? What do you think could be better? And one frequent answer I was getting was um, about things to do there. Parents were frequently saying, you know, the kids are so good about waiting in line to use the swing sets. Um, but read between the lines there. If they're saying the kids are doing very good at waiting in line and waiting their turn, that means when it's a nice day, we have a lot more kids there than we have activities for them to do. So if you go a little southeast of where the swing set is, we have a flat patch of land where maybe if we added a second activity at Hunt Park, 
just something different than the swing sets that are there, then that's one way where without spending a ton of money, without a ton of involvement, you could improve the, the quality of Hunt Park. And maybe, again, back to the survey, um, if, pe if people were saying things about, about our parks or, or Summit Park that they weren't quite as good as they wanted, it, it could just be some spot issues like that that we could look at addressing without spending too much money and taking up too much staff time. So that's just kind of um, my, my thoughts to piggyback on what you were saying. Sure, I've got a couple of things. I wanted to circle back um, to the Memorial Day parade that we had recently. And oh my gosh, I just think it's true when Blue Ash throws a party, people show up. And I think that there were more, per I guess, spectators than I ever recall seeing on the on the um the course and it you know we had a different track this year there are a different path that worked out really well but it was just really great to see people come out and honor our our you know our people who have served our country and uh, lost their lives for it made the ultimate sacrifice but also just great to see that um by the time the the uh, ceremony was done most all of the stuff that had been set up to manage crowds and traffic and so forth was almost already picked up. And it's just amazing to see this team work together. And, you know, just like with the upcoming 4th of July event, you know, it's an all hands on deck. And, and you know, we see all of you guys out there working all day long while everyone's having a great time. And it's in advance. Thank you. And Gordon, on a snowy day when the streets are clear, you will be number one in everyone's heart. I just want to point that out. But again, just um, the other comments about so excited about this Matry um, opportunity and kind of to tie that in with the dog park, it probably will, if anything, get even a little bit busier. You know, I know that people are down at that end of the park anyway. They're the people that use it regularly. And one of the things I'm always concerned about is it's not just the money to fix it up for right now, but what does it cost? What does it cost in terms of human capital and financial capital to maintain it? And, you know, is there a system that can be... Um, sustainable for a long time and is that is that doable within the constraints of the other projects that we have going on right now so but we've got some time before that activity you know that the other project is done so got some time to think about it and that's it there's your very uh, I have a couple of things just the questions to since everybody's praising our uh, Gordon I have a question <laughs> for him that when we enter from Tramwood, from Hunt to Tramwood, the sign at the intersection is completely hidden because of three, four trees over there. So the people got together and they came to me. So they're, uh, they're ready to you know, cut down some of the trees and everything. So question number one is that you can you help to trim down those three, number one. And number two is that, is there any possibility that you can put down some light so people can see that there is a stop sign there? And most of the times people are just not thinking that there is a stop until they come to the curb, then they see the stop sign. If that's, if that's a possible for you to put some lights or some kind of reflection, something like that, that people can notice right away. Yeah, I'll have to check into the lighting situation there. Um, but the uh, I met with some of your residents at the Touch a Truck event, and they uh, brought up the issue of the the uh, vegetation in front of the stop sign. So we already have that on our list of items to be uh, cut back. Somebody will come and 
tried yep. to have our, our folks will come and, and they'll trim those back. Thank you. And the second question I have with the Brian, where we stand with the tennis court, did we got some new, um, any update? Um, so as you remember, when we went out to bid, we didn't get anybody actually coming to bid on the project. So we are going to rebid it. And our goal is, is that will be taking place, the actual construction or the resurfacing of the courts will take place at the end of the season. Since all the programming is in place and on schedule, it wouldn't make sense to displace anybody. So our goal is to have it um, take place when the season finishes up. Okay. That's all I have, sir. Okay, just a couple things. Um, golf maintenance building, I, I, you know, I, I think that the rec department and I, I know public works, you guys work together on that particular project, but again, thank you so much for caring so much about the neighbors and doing the entire design is going to be, you know, based on trying to make their life, not only your life easier and better and better for the equipment, but their life better is to be next door as a neighbor. So I'm sorry Mr. Tolbert left, I think, but um, we'll reach out to him. Um, I mean, I will too. And, and yeah, I did have. That's why I went out to have an additional oh, thank discussion you. with him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, Memorial Day um, parade is fantastic. My two great nephews said that it was better than their Disney. It, <laughs> it might have something to do with the candy. Not sure, <laughs> but at Disney they do not give out candy, so that was great. Um, really inspiring to see the firefighters bring that six, 700 pound honor log all the way through the parade mm -hmm. route. That was great. Um, touch a truck was out of control. I, I mean, it was I, so popular, it was ridiculous. The Opera and Jones show, we went to that. Um, what a neat thing to try out. And uh, hopefully they'll come on a regular basis. And then the bike rodeo, we've just had so many events that have been so well attended and um, so many happy kids and adults. So really like that. So far as the dog park, you know, as you know, I've been on the same thing for this for a year, but I want everybody to understand from what Brian's told me, there are some grading and drainage issues. It's not going to be just sticking a fence up and running another water line, okay? It's going to be a significant expense for what might just look like another fenced-in couple areas. So, but I am very much in favor of it, and I think with Matry, I've been to Matry with my dog. Um, I know that that will probably attract some people that want to get their dog across, let them run for half an hour, tire them out, and then bring them back to the patio, have a beer, and have the dog, you know, <laughs> out. So I, I do think that maybe after all these years can kind of move maybe toward the more the forefront if, you know, if I have a, a vote in that. So um, that is really all I have. We're going to move into executive session for personnel matters to consider the appointment, employment, dismissal, discipline, promotion, demotion, or compensation of a public employee or official. Jamie, will you please call the roll? Uh, we need a motion and a second okay. first. Well, I'm making a motion. And I'll second it. All right, Jill's making a second. Uh, Councilman Capel? Yes. Councilwoman Cole? Yes. Councilwoman Schneider? Yes. Councilman Zerwanka? Yes. Vice Mayor Javeri? Yes. Councilman Gap? Yes. Mayor Serkin? Yes. Seven Thank you, everybody. Yeses.